We're going to read from Hebrews chapter 4, from verse 14 until the end of the chapter, and chapter 5 from verse 1 until verse 10. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have an high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Let us then approach the God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Every high priest is selected from among the people and is appointed to represent the people in matters related to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and are going astray, since he himself is subject to weaknesses. This is why he has to offer sacrifices for his own sins, as well as for the sins of the people. And no one takes this honor on himself, but to receive it when called by God, as Aaron was. In the same way, Christ did not take on himself the glory of becoming an high priest, but God said to him, You are my son, today I have become your father. And he says in another place, You are a priest forever, in the order of Melchizedek. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered, and once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him, and was designated by God to be the High Priest in the Order of Melchizedek. Good morning, Church. Do you have a favourite bridge? I think mine would be the Victoria Falls Bridge. In southern Africa, it crosses a chasm at the bottom of which flows the mighty Zambezi River. One end of the bridge is in Zimbabwe, and the other end is in Zambia, and it connects the two countries. And it allows the people of these two separate nations to cross, to visit, and to trade. It also allows tourists to see the full length of the incredible Victoria Falls, one of the natural wonders of the world. Mosi Autunya, the smoke that roars. Roars and makes very pretty rainbows as well. And if you look at, well, if you want to look at the bridge upside down, you can jump off it attached to a bungee rope. And yes, I did. But in fact, you can't pass freely across the bridge uh, because there's a station there involving a legal process called passport control. In the Bible, a priest was like a bridge connecting humans to God. And the high priest brought the people near to God's presence and God near to the people in order to maintain a relationship, albeit an imperfect one. And there was a legal process 
a ritual to sacrifice to make that possible. And the first verse in our passage today begins with, We have a great high priest, Jesus, the Son of God. And it's the start of a new section. If you've uh, come to this new, uh, welcome. Good to have you with us. We've been studying the book of Hebrew and we've still got quite a long way to go. Um, and in this next session, it's going to be uh, going in more depth into what it means for Jesus to be our priest. But also it follows on from the theme that we're getting used to now um, of the first few chapters where Jesus is described by the writers being better and superior than what has gone before in Hebrew history because he's the culmination of the law, the leaders, the angels, and now the priests. And of course, everything in the Hebrew Scriptures, uh, the Old Testament, predicts and points to Jesus. And the clues are there for you to follow. And like any good detective story or mystery, sometimes you didn't appreciate the full significance when you first read it. Now, as a rule, I don't watch films twice because I enjoy the suspense and being surprised. And that only works once. There are, however, a few films that I have been intrigued enough by that knowing how it ends, I want to watch it again with fresh eyes to look for those clues. Well, these days I mostly watch kids' films and there's not much mystery in Trolls World Tour. Although, why they made Cats and Dogs 3 was pretty mysterious. But anyway, re reading the Old Testament through Jesus' lenses asks the question, how does this point to Jesus? There's always more hidden depth. And now, the writer is saying, priests, it's a model or a foretaste of what Jesus would be. Taking it up to a whole new level, it describes there a new order an order of Melchizedek. Now, we're going to learn more about this mysterious character uh, when we get to chapter 7. But it's a new order of priests, not the Aaron, not the Levite order, but it's the Jesus order of priests. Now, right at the beginning of Hebrews chapter 1, it laid the foundation for understanding Jesus the Son, the exact representation of God fully divine, but birth to earth through whom God has spoken. And today is Advent Sunday. I love Advent Sunday. It's a day when we celebrate the sense of anticipation before Jesus came and before Christmas. And don't forget, December the 2nd is the first Why Christmas Wednesday. And this week, I'll be giving a short talk on Christ born to earth. I'm really looking forward to co-hosting it. Hebrews 2 then established that Jesus shared the humanity of those with flesh and blood. Verse 17, chapter 2, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest. He couldn't be a high priest without being human. Someone who speaks to man for God and someone who speaks to God for man. Now let's think about a different kind of priest or negotiator. 
mediator. Someone who gets two parties together in an attempt to maybe settle their differences or, or a conflict. Now, for a peacemaker to be really effective, he or she needs to be respected by both sides. Ideally, to have something in common with both parties. So, let me tell you about the time war broke out between the redfish and the bluefish. So bad, they stopped talking to each other, stopped blowing bubbles at each other. They needed someone to bring them round the peace table or maybe into the peace cave. And a dog was appointed. And of course they said, we've got nothing in common with you. You don't know what it's like to live in the ocean. How are you going to be able to bring us together? So they needed someone who had something in common with both sides. So they appointed a fish. It was a green fish. But the red fish objected. They thought that she would be biased because green is more like blue than red. And the blue fish thought she was unsuitable when they discovered that one of her nephews was dating a red fish. So the hunt began for a blue and red striped fish who had no family ties to either warring faction. Now Jesus was completely deity and completely humanity. He was 100% representative of humans and 100% representative of God. The perfect, unique mediator appointed by God, ideally suited to bringing peace and opening up the path of reconciliation between us. And that's why we no longer need a human priest. Now, I know some of us have grown up in, in uh, church traditions that have had a priest. Um, and it's, of course, it's good to have someone to, to lead your church, someone who you can go to and share problems uh, that you're having. And uh, Tahamps Community Church, we believe it's important to share with our brothers and sisters. Um, we're in small groups, in life groups, when we can, can share more, more personal, sensitive stuff. And of course, we have opportunity, we have a pastoral team, an opportunity after church every morning to pray with someone on the prayer table. Or you can contact the church office if you want someone uh, from the pastoral team to talk through a difficult issue with, with you. Nothing wrong with that. That's how Jesus wants church to be. The previous THCC pastor, Rodney, would always listen so well to our problems and then say, now, take it to God. And I really appreciated that um, because he was, a, he was a listening ear and would be ready to pray with us. But he was very, took great care to say, look, I, I'm, you know, I'm not your priest. Take it to Jesus. He is the perfect priest. So in order to fully identify with us, Jesus immersed himself in our world. Let's have a look at a few of those verses then, just, just briefly to, to get a flavour of what was the cost to Jesus of becoming our priest. So let me take you to chapter 5 and verse 4 and 5. So it says there that he submitted, he humbled himself, not, not seeking the honour or the exaltation that, of course, was due him as God. And, and some of this reflects what we read in Philippians chapter 2. 
in verse 15, we, we read that he experienced, back in, in chapter 4, verse 15, he experienced human weakness, physically and mentally. He knew what it was like to be tired. He knew what it was like to be exhausted. He knew what it was like to go through what we go through. And then in the same verse, he, he was not immune to temptation. We, we know how hard it is to resist, don't we? But he always resisted sin, every time, without sin, without giving in, for 33 years. That's hard work. And then in verse 8, we read that he, he's the model of obedience. And he, he sets the standard for our obedience. Verse 7. He identifies with our suffering. Um, it brings up that image, doesn't it, of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, praying, in, in, you know, uh, experiencing the limits of human anguish and desolation as he was facing death, torture, and isolation. And then in, in verse 9, um, Jesus lived, he died, he was exalted, resurrected glorified he's fully qualified as our savior the source of our eternal salvation he's been through it all so no wonder back to verse 14 no wonder the writer gives us another gentle verbal shaking jesus held on through much the worse than we have to face and now he's in heaven holding on for you so hold firm we don't have to hold firm on our own. He's holding on on our behalf. And I find verse 15 very short, reassuring to me um, because it tells me that Jesus knows that we don't always feel like holding firm and that so much is pressurizing us to let go. He knows. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. He was tempted in every way. He too felt like giving up. He knows what it was to be on the brink of turning his back on God's will. Now, Jill Garney has been for a number of years now raising money for the brain tumor charity. She knows firsthand, having seen her husband, dear Omar, live and die with a brain cancer. And that motivates her and her daughters to raise money for the sake of others going through a similar experience. And uh, they do a walk every year uh, to raise money. Jesus' experience of living the life that we live is invested, enabling us to hold on, to keep going, not giving up. He too is, is dedicated to persevering on our behalf. But the writer is not advocating a passive, desperate, clinging on by the fingernails. In verse 16, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Remember that passport control on the Victoria Falls Bridge? on the bridge between us and God, where once stood the Levite priest, 
burning the animal sacrifice before retreating again, there now stands the great high priest, Jesus, who is the priest and also the sacrifice. And he's also the bridge. And he is the passport we clutch. That passport gives us dual nationality as citizens of a world of suffering and pain and sadness, but also citizens of a kingdom of grace and mercy and ultimate glory. You know, the the concept of a throne of grace must have been a great irony for those who knew only of thrones of despots, of emperors with iron fists. And remember this letter, Hebrews, was to the church in Rome. There would have been thrones of subjugation and injustice. Whoever heard of a throne of grace, a king who gives us what we don't deserve, a ruler who delights in seeing the reaction of those who receive his mercy. How different from the typical image, distorted image, many inside and outside of church carry of our God, one who delights in dispensing punishment and withholding sympathy. Now, this example is a poor comparison, but I look after hundreds of patients in my HIV clinic, many of whom are incredibly organized and disciplined in taking their medication every day. And some I've known for many years. And it's been a a great joy, uh, that feeling like we've been through a lot together. But you know, it's not so much the ones who have faithfully attend clinic, who have their blood tests done and rarely miss a tablet that stir my heart. And of course I appreciate them. But more more than them, it's the few who give up. Life overwhelms them and it's just too hard. And and being HIV positive can still be a, a very heavy burden to carry. And I am so thrilled when a patient who hasn't been to clinic or collected their treatment for months or maybe even years returns. Sometimes with the help and support of a, f- a friend or a family member. And they want to start again. And what do you think they're expecting from me? Well, usually it's a telling off. Why did you stop your treatment? Don't you know you're putting your health at risk? Me wagging my finger. Why didn't you attend your appointments? Why didn't you respond to our calls? No, of course not. It's great to see you again. We've missed you. So pleased you're ready to start your treatment again. And if that's me on my HIV consultant throne, how confident should we be approaching God's throne of grace, particularly as we have the support of Jesus, our friend and brother, who's passed through and ascended into the heavens. Is this your time of need? What's stopping you bringing your burdens to him? Is it fear? Or shame? For me it's pride and self-sufficiency. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea. A great high priest whose name is love. Whoever lives and pleads for me. Let's sing. 
be still for the presence of God is with us now. And as we sing this, let's open up to him, the great high priest who ever lives and intercedes for us, who's willing us on, who's invested in us, the one who wants us to know God.